This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Uh, I've spoken many times about it, so I'm going to try not to be repetitive. We all know that Rashi says that Sarah heard or saw the Satan made a picture and she saw Avram Avinu shechting her son. She didn't see that he didn't get shechted. Pachanishmasa, her her soul left. So there's a lot of there's a lot of drish in this. Um, that her neshama, her soul, was connected to Yitzhak's soul. They were both one soul. Um, Yitzhak was born with a female soul. It doesn't mean what you think it means. Um, uh, neshama, the nukva, means that um, is din. That's, um, Nekeva is din. You think Nekeva is rachamim. Nekeva is din. Women are, are din. They're, they're much more logical. Um, they're more din than rachamim. You can talk a man much easier out of stuff than you can talk a woman out of stuff. When, when um, there's a Mishnah in Pirkei Avos, the Mishnah says, Al Isha. Don't, don't spend a lot of time talking to women. It's talking to men. Don't spend a lot of time talking to women. In the end, in the beginning, now you talk to her, like, you know, but in the end, you're going to end up in, in, in being Yerish Gehenim. So, <coughs> the Mishnah says, that's talking about your wife. You shouldn't talk too much to your wife. Surely you shouldn't talk to strange women. Everybody asks, what are you talking about? All the psychologists today say, you need to communicate with your wife. You need to talk to your wife. Men don't talk to their wives enough. That's the problem with marriage. What's the mission saying? That you shouldn't talk a lot to your wife. You're not going to make your wife happy if you don't talk a lot to her. The main complaint of women is, my husband doesn't talk to me. So it's not what it means. What you think it means is not what it means. So the explanation... The Chazal give is, no, that's not what it means. The guy's in shul, and he's talking in shul, or his phone goes off, and the rabbi screams at him in front of everybody. In front of everybody. Turn that phone off! What are you doing bringing a phone into my shul? And the guy's like, totally insulted. He comes home to his wife, and says, you don't understand what happened in shul today. She's like, what happened in shul? The rabbi got up in front of everyone, he starts screaming at me, and he embarrassed me. That rabbi is finished with her for life. The guy, next day, the rabbi calls him, let's go for coffee, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. They're hugging each other, slapping each other on the back. Everything's good, he comes home, he goes, listen, we're good, we're going to go to Shul the Shabbos. She's like, no, you're not going to Shul the Shabbos. You're not going back to that Shul. Because they don't forgive so fast. Guys, get there. So the mission says, don't talk too much to your wife, which means things that are not healthy, that are not good. Because if you're going to tell her something, she's not going to forget it. You're going to forget it. You'll be like, ah, it's okay. But she's not going to be okay with it. In the end, you're going to end up being Yerushim Gehenna. You're going to end up Lashon Hara and Rechilas. And we're going to talk a little bit about this tonight. I'm not ragging on women. It's a mission. I didn't write, I didn't write the mission. So they don't forget. They don't forgive so fast. When you hurt a woman's husband... Or her children, they don't let go of it very fast. Okay, she's not doing so in school. The teacher embarrassed her. Get over it. I was also bad me. She was like, "No, this kid. We're not going back to this school." So that's what you know. That's what that's what the mission was saying. The mission was saying that. So when it says that he had a neshama de nukfa, he had a female neshama. It means he had a neshama of din. Okay, he had a neshama of din. He was born with a neshama of din, and the problem with that was that he could not have children. Because if the man has a neshama denukva, a female neshama, whatever that means, and the woman has a female neshama, then two female neshamas can't have a child. Okay? It has to be one male, one, male, one female. So this is a problem. It was born neshama denukva. Whose neshama was he born with? Who was the, who was the female neshama? So the chidah and all the Kabbalistics for him being down, chava. Chava's neshama was in both, was sheared both by Sarimenu and by Yitzchak. So it's just a very fascinating lesson for all of us, because many times we don't understand what God does. So <coughs> Ramavinu is taking Yitzchak to the Akedah. And the Satan comes to Abraham and Yitzchak and says, there's something wrong over here. Hashem by the Brits Ben Absarim said that from Yitzchak are going to come your children. If you're going to kill him, can't, you can't have any children. So Maybe, now if you have two nevuas, let's say you have a nevuah 
to he had a nevuah to shecht Yitzchak, or to bring Yitzchak up as a carbon. Hashem never told him to shecht him, but to bring him up as a carbon. Then he had a nevuah the next night not to. You go by the first nevuah, because the second nevuah might not be nevuah. It's already your head trying to not to do it because you don't want to kill your kid. So you go by the first nevuah. So when the satan came, <coughs> satan said, "It can't be true. You must have heard Hashem wrong because." You know that Hashem said by the Brisbane of Sarim that you're going to have a child from Yitzchak. So what's the first Nebuah? The first Nebuah that Abraham Avinu had was that from Yitzchak is going to come all his children. The second Nebuah that Yitzchak had, that he's going to bring, uh, that Abraham had, is going to bring Yitzchak as a carbon. So the Satan said, you had two Nebuahs. One, you're going to have children from Yitzchak. You're going to have children. The second one is kill him. So the first one is the one that you go by. So how could you bring him up as a Yerkeda? So Abraham Avinu said, I know that the second Nebuah was true. It was very clear. And I'm not listening to you, Satan. And then the Satan went to Yitzchak, and he said, your father's making a big mistake. He's going to kill you for no reason. He's going to find out that he was wrong. And he really worked on the two of them. He made a river up to their necks. He tried everything to stop Akedas Yitzchak, because Akedas Yitzchak is, is our savior. So now Abraham Avinu takes Yitzchak and brings him onto the Mizbeach, and he takes the knife, and he actually shechted one of the pipes. There are two pipes. Uh, you have a food pipe and you have an air pipe. And when you shech the food pipe and air pipe, the, automatically the animal or whatever you're shechting will die. He had gotten through one of them. When he got through one of them, the malach came and said that you're not supposed to be doing this. And he knocked the knife out of his hand. He never got to shech the second one, but Yitzhak was dying. He, one of his pipes, two of the two pipes, was already severed. So it says that the malachim came and they took him to Gan Eden, because that type of wound could not be healed here. And they took him into Gan Eden, and he was there for, there's a machlok, it's two years, three years, but most people hold it was three years. If you want to ever see this, it's written in Rav Chaim Vital. I don't think you're going to take out Rav Chaim Vital, but the Chidot talks about it, Rav Chaim Vital talks about it. And they took him up, and they healed him in, in, in Gan Eden. The problem was that when he was shechted, being that, his neshama and Sarah's neshama were one, and he was in Ganeiden, so she had to go to Ganeiden also. So it wasn't that she was scared or wow; she was just as big as Avram Avinu. That's not what happened. What? That's one. That's one. Right? She died when she saw he wasn't shechted. Okay, that's already it's a teret, but it's like a very high level. So, so this is what happened. It's very unbelievable. Now, what happened was that when. When Yitzchak was shechted, his neshama that was in his body because he was dying left. Now, a person doesn't have a soul, he dies. So his neshama left. And Hashem sent a, a neshama de zuchra, a male neshama, into Yitzchak. He got a new neshama. Where did his neshama go? So on the day that he was shechted, at the moment he was shechted, Rivka was born. Rivka got. Yitzchak's female neshama. And therefore, which was tied to Sarimenu's neshama. Therefore, Yitzchak felt very separated from his mother because him and his mother shared a soul. When Rivka, in this week's parasha, comes to the house, you have to hear this fascinating because it's all, it's all in the psukim, really all in the psukim. So when she comes to the house, she falls off her camel. That's really falling for Yitzchak, literally. There's a, there's a, there's a, I was, I'm thinking if I should say this or not tonight. There's like the most a wild chidah ever written that no one understands. That's even more than the 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 Benjamin was a was a werewolf. This is like totally. I'm not sure if I should reveal it. I don't know. I'm thinking about it. We'll see. We'll see. No, it's like really. Very different. Okay, but anyway, we'll see. Yitzhak um, went into the field. In Kabbalah, the Sada, Suach Masada, is, is Ganeiden. So Yitzhak left Ganeiden. There were camels coming. Uh, Rivka lifted her eyes and she saw Yitzchak and she fell off the camel. She fell off the camel. 
according to Rashi, she didn't fall off the camel. She jumped off the camel. Hishmita atzma la'aretz. She jumped off the camel, but she was very little. The camel was very high. She fell. And by Tama Eved, and she said to Eliezer, Who is this man? So this whole chidah, I know Ruth wants to hear it, maybe because if she wants to hear it, I'm going to say it. What's the word halazeh? It should say, she said, Who is this man who's walking in the field to meet us? Halazeh means he doesn't look normal. What is this? What was she asking? What is this man? Because Hazeh is an extra word. He's my master. And she covered her face with her scarf. And, and Eliezer told Yitzhak everything he did, the water coming up, the whole story. Where did he bring her? Why? Why would he bring her to Sarah's tent? He has his own tent. Sarah's tent was Avram. So, no, she wasn't alive anymore. Sarah wasn't... What? No, the Rifka didn't know that... had no idea that Sarah died, maybe. I don't even know that she knew that Sarah died. He's, she's now coming. So why is Yitzchak... If you, if you get married, you don't bring him to your mother's tent, you bring him to your own tent. Yitzchak brought her to his mother's tent. Right? He loved her. And he was consoled after his mother. According to some of Hashem, he was 13 years old at the Akeda. He was now 40, which means that he, he was in pain and, and, and mourned 27 years for his mother. So there was a, a very deep soul connection between him and Sarah. And he brought her into Sarah's tent for a reason. He brought her into Sarah's tent to see if she had that soul that he used to have. Because that was the same soul as, as connected to Sarah Imenu. And we all know, let's see if it says it inside. Listen to this Rashi. You ready? He brought her into the tent. And she was Sarah Imo. What? If you don't know the Chidah, and you don't know the whole thing of the souls, Rashi says he brought her into the tent, and she was Sarah. What are you talking about? She was Rivka. What's Rashi saying over here? Says the Chidah, no, she was Sarah. She had the soul that Yitzhak used to have that was partly Sarah's soul, that left him on the Akedah and went into Rivka when she was born. So he brought her into Sarah's Tent, because she was Sarah. Rivka was a part of Sarah. So he brought her into her tent. And what happened? The three things that Sarah Imenu had. I'll see if Rashi says it. The Nasus Dugma Sarah Imo. Rashi explains, what does it mean she was Sarah? She became like a Dugma of Sarah. She became like Sarah. But if you're learning the Chidah, this makes so much sense, this Rashi. Oh, he does say, she calls about to Sarah Kayemes, as long as Sarah was alive, her Dalek. The candle from one Shabbos to the next didn't go out. May Erev Shabbos, Erev Shabbos. And the dough in her was always fresh, never got old, from one week to the next. And and there was a cloud always on top, on top of the oil. When sorry, Menu died, it all stopped. No candle, no bread, no challah, no cloud. When Rivka came... It came back. Unbelievable. So if you look at this Rashi, so, so this is what happened. So, so he was happy now because his mother was back and all the niece and that happened came, came back. But the point I want to make is as follows. Left alone without a Kedas Yitzchak, Yitzhak would have married Rivka, they would have never had children because they both had female neshamas. The only way for Yitzchak, the bracha, the first, the first nevius, the first prophecy that Avram had 
was that his children are going to come from Yitzchak. The only way that could happen is if there's an Akedas Yitzchak. Because they wouldn't have done the Akedas Yitzchak, that Neshama wouldn't have, Pacha, wouldn't have left him. Neshama wouldn't have left him. He would have been Neshama the Nukva, with Rifka the Neshama the Nukva, he would never have had children. So the Satan's coming and telling him, look, Hashem said you're going to have children, now Hashem said he has to die. They're contradicting. It must be not true. The Satan knew that the only way Yitzhak's going to have children and we're going to become Klai Yisrael is if Avram does the Akedah, okay, the opposite of what he was saying. You're like, this is tragedy. God, like, no, God's saying, I have to have this happen because if this doesn't happen, then they're not going to be able to have children together. So it looks terrible, what looks bad, what looks like a contradiction from God was really the only way that God can make it work. I mean, I'm sure there's other ways, but the way that Akash Baruch Hu could make it work. And so many times we see things and we're not happy and we go through all this stuff and we're like, why are you doing this to me? Why are you doing this to me? And Akash Baruch Hu's like, you don't understand. What do you mean? He's going to kill his son. He said he's going to have children. Yitzhak's not married. He doesn't have children. He's going to chop his head off. He's not going to have any children. Hashem, what are you doing? This is crazy. It's false. The prophecy is false. And Hashem's like, no. He's not going to die. And the only way it's going to work is if we do this way. And the Satan sells you totally the opposite. So you don't always get a chance to see this, but this is, this is, a, this is a, a, a time that you get a chance to see. And we all know this is a very big, it's a very big Shabbos. It's a very big Pasha because it's a Pasha of Shiduchim. This is the, this is the second Shidduch that ever happened. Shidduch. The first Shidduch, I heard from a, a big tzaddik today. He said something very, it's funny, but it's so true. What was the first time that Hashem made a Shidduch? With Chava and, with Adam and Chava. What, when Hashem made the, this is just, it's a, it's a little bit of a shidduch shir. So Hashem said, um, Adam, I'm gonna, I'm gonna create, I'm gonna find your, your kala. But when I, do me a favor. He put him to sleep. He said, I don't need your help. I don't need your input. And I don't need you to, to break it. And I don't need you to make it. So the first shidduch, he said, you go to sleep and I'll take care of it. I had a big argument today in my, in my seminary class. You're all invited to come to seminary if you want. They had a big argument. I got up in front of the girls and made a statement which the whole class blew up. Not blew up, it just like became... I said that any girl and any guy could get married and it could work amazing if they both have midos. If you take a girl that has midos and you take a boy that has midos, both of them have unbelievable midos. They have chen, they have chesed, they have rachamim. I don't care... No shit, you just take these two people, you put them together, it's going to be amazing marriage. No, it's not true. They have to be compatible and soul, what is it called, soulmates, and they have to be soulmates, and there has to be attraction, and he's got to, you know, you got to feel your heart flutter. Oh, we got Lebedick today. How can you say such a thing, Rabbi Walstein? You're normal. How can you say such a not normal thing? Who said, "Go to sleep. I'll handle it. Don't, don't. You don't get. You don't get involved. I'll handle it." The second shidduch, which is by Rifka Imenu, if you go and you look at what happened. By the way, it's one hundred percent. I don't want to blow. You know, I have to feel. I have to have feelings. I'm not saying you don't have to have feelings, but that's not. That's not what makes the marriage. It helps the marriage, but that's not the basis. It's not the, I had a vase today. We did a whole thing with roses. It, it, the, the keli, the vessel, all the other stuff. He looks good. He's making panasa. He's a tamachacham. All that stuff are, are the, the roses, the flowers you're putting in the vase. But without a vase, the flowers are on the floor. So you can have all that stuff. The guy doesn't have midos and she doesn't have midos. It's not going to work. And, and many times it doesn't work. So the, the most important thing is a person's midos. And I told them that I didn't know Rapam very well, but I knew him a little bit. And like he was the softest, sweetest, like tzaddik in the whole world. I'll tell you a story that I know for a fact. Was did he have feelings for his wife? A hundred percent. Did was it was a was it a soul thing? I don't think he said like this is my soulmate. And like you know she's gorgeous. Yes, you're gorgeous because. Because you have beautiful midos, and that's what makes you gorgeous. That's the, that's what that's the beauty of a person in the next world. There, there's a light. Every person has a light. That light is your kedusha, is your holiness. That's that's your beauty. When you go to a big tzaddik and you look at his face, he may not be the most beautiful guy. He may not be an actor or a model, but you walk out and you say, "That man's beautiful." What do you mean he's beautiful? He's five feet two. He's got a white beard, right? 
Like, you know, he wouldn't make it on the cover of a, of a you know, a model magazine or any man magazine, but you walk out and you're like, that was the most beautiful person I ever met, right? Why? Because the person has Kedusha and the person has has Chesed. So, so I have a friend that was very close to Rapam. He got engaged and he went to Eretz Yisrael. And he never had anything to do with girls before and now he's engaged. So he went to all the Mekubalim in Eretz Yisrael and like the Gedalim. And he said, listen, the night of the, after the Chuppah when we were together, like, what kind of Kavana are you supposed to have? I want to have, I want to have holy children. And Bashat Zivug, what you think about is, is, yeah, if you think Kedusha, your child's going to be Kedusha. You think he thinks you're not supposed to be thinking, your child's not going to be Kedusha. So Bashat Zivug is a very, so he didn't know. So he went to all these Gedalim and every single one of them gave him a different Pasuk. You should have children. All these, Ten different psukim. Machshav is supposed to have in your chuppah night when, when, you're, when, you're, when you're together. So the day before the wedding, Rav Palm is his uh, is a Masada Kedushin. So he says he comes to Rav Palm and he has a paper with ten psukim on it. He says, Rosh Hashiva, ah, I've never been with a girl. I don't know what's going to be. I don't think I can have like ten kavanas. It's just not the right time. But two I could have. Two psukim, before, maybe after, maybe during. So, Rashiva, please pick the two most holy psukim that I should have in mind. So he said, Rapam took the paper, he folded it up like this, and he handed it to him and said, You should have kavana that she should be okay. This is not needed. Midos. That's a tzaddik. Think about the other person. Stop with the psukim and machshavos. She should be okay. That's all you should worry about. That's beauty. That's that's beautiful. Rishlam Zalman Arabach got up, and this is what I spoke about to the girls today. Rishlam Zalman Arabach got up at the levaya of his wife. She was. They both. She was very old. And he said, "I do not have to ask mechila for my wife." There is nothing I did in our marriage that I have to ask Mechila for. Everybody was like, like, that's like little gaiva, right? To get up and make a statement like that. I don't have to ask Mechila for nothing. You know, and then if a person dies, you know, your kids get up, mommy, I'm sorry, I should have spent more time, I should have loved you more, I should have cared for you. You know, everybody has some Mechila, even a husband and wife, I didn't give you enough uh, respect, I didn't give you enough time. Everybody by the Levi, all of a sudden there's Mechila, big Mechila, and the person's dead, you're asking them Mechila. Ask them when they're alive, when they can like, give you a hug, you know, not when they're in a box. Don't wait till they're in a box. So, they went over to Rosh Hashim and they said, how could you say that? Like, make a statement like that in public. He said, in the Yichud room, so he said over, Shlomo Zalman Arabach. He said, we went into the Yichud room, we sat down, and we made a deal. Anything in our life between the two of us, that would be something that you have to ask Michila for, you can't do. He said, from the Yichud room, they made a deal, anything that you would have to say I'm sorry for, you can't do. He said, she doesn't have to ask Michila, and I don't have to ask Michila. Never did we do anything that one of us would have to ask Michila. Is he gorgeous? Mishlom Zalman was six foot two, with a brand new car. He was beautiful because of who he was. My friend used to drive him home in Panovich. And he told me that when he was much older, and he used to take him home, so at 7 o'clock he used to take to Shishiba home, he had a little napkin with a piece of sponge cake in it. And as a joke, he said, you know, the Shishiba knows you're not supposed to snack before dinner. It's a joke. So Rav Shlomo said to him, that's not what's happening. He says, I have a minig, and when I come home, the first hour that I come home from yeshiva, I sit with my rebbitzin and I tell her everything that happened today in yeshiva. He says, but I'm old, and at 7 o'clock I'm hungry, and I'm worried I'm going to rush the conversation. I eat the sponge cake, I'm not hungry, I have patience to sit and talk about the day. I said, girls, is that, is that what you want? They sold, they sold you Hallmark cards, 
soul partner with monsters and craziness and all kinds of things. And he has to be 6'2". I'm not going out with any guy that's 5'8". And he has to be there, and the, and the resume, and he has to be this, and he has to be that. It has to be about Midos. What is about Midos? It's a separate discussion. What does that mean? But these are, this is what Sadiqim were. And it answers the question of this week's parsha. Rivka Yimenu comes to the water, and the water comes up on its own. This little girl, right? The water comes up on its own. What are you testing her for after that? She's got to be a biggest satanist in the world. Water doesn't come up on its own. Hashem's bringing water up on its own. Why? She must down. She must say the whole tehillim. She must know Mishlei she, ah, by heart. She must have been valedictorian. Who knows? She's three years old, but I don't know. But who knows? What are you testing her out? If she says this and she says that, then it's a sign from Hashem. A sign from Hashem is it the water. <coughs> Imagine a guy goes out with a girl today. And he's, his car's empty. He has to go get gas, right? To go into the city, to go out to eat. <coughs> and she sits in there and she says, I'll take care of it. He says, really? You know how to pump gas? Yeah, I'll take care of it. And she sits there and the cap opens up and the gasoline thing comes, goes into the car and the machine fills it up, and she's sitting in the chair. You think he's he's gonna like like what? Kind, who am I going out with here? I can imagine. So what is he? What is he? What is he testing her? So all the Mephorshim say that the water's coming up means she's a tzedekista, but it doesn't mean she has midos. And you say, what do you mean it's tzedekista? All the time. No, she davened. She was at Snua, Didn't look at boys. Didn't talk to boys. She said the whole Tehillim every day. But Eliezer said that's not enough. I have to see, thank you. <coughs> I have to see if she's a Baal's chesed. What part of the chesed did he have to see? Does anyone here know? What was the part of the chesed that he said, that's the right girl? Two things. So I... Right, why? What's, that such, what, what, what's so big about that? And she gives to the camel first, and then gives to him. So, I'm going to explain it. But there's, there's a reason that people don't talk about it. I always talk to you about spiritual DNA, right? That, that is very important where you come from and your mitzvahs and what you do. Because spiritual DNA is handed off to the next, right? So, he wanted to know, does this girl have the spiritual DNA of Avraham Avinu's family? So... Listen to this. When the, when the angels came to Avraham Avinu, this you never heard before. This is a, a, a chiddush, but it's not normal. It's really based on the whole spiritual DNA thing. So the three angels came. What does it say? He rushed. Vayimaher means fast. He rushed. Vayomer, he said, Mahari Rush. Make me three, whatever, breads, whatever it is. Well, Abaka ruts Avram. And Avram ran. Whoa, what's the big rush? Everything's a rush. He ran to the, he ran to the, to the Bakar. He said, he ran, he ran to Sarah. He ran, right, to, to make them the bread. And then when he saw them in the first place, in the second Pasuk, Vayar, Vayar, we crossed them. He was running all the time. Because when he did a mitzvah, it was so exciting for him that every second counted. He ran to meet them. He ran right to the Ohala. He told Sarah, hurry up and do this very fast. Everything was running and fast. Okay? So you could do chesed. And you could run and do chesed. And you could be like, I'll give him later. I'll help her later. I'll go tomorrow. That's not Abraham Avinu. That's not the chesed from, our, from Abraham Avinu's DNA. The chesed from Avraham Avinu's DNA, I can't wait a second. I have a chance to do a mitzvah to help someone, I cannot wait a second. Eliezer was looking for that DNA. Now let's go to this week's parsha. Go to this week's parsha. See what happens. And he went. And he said, Hanara Ashe when I'm gonna meet a girl, and I'm gonna tell her, take down your pitcher and give me to drink. And she's gonna say, I'll give your camels also to drink. 
that I know, Uvada, with this, Eidal no, Kiesisa Chesed, that you, that you kept your word and you're gonna, he's the right boy. By he, who term kilo dabe, he just finished speaking. Mehine Rivka Yotis, Ashayuda Lubsul, Bemulka, Ishin Nechor, and, and Rivka came out. By Nara, Toivas Mara Mo'oid, she was very beautiful. The Ish Lo Yoda, by Teira Da Aino, and she took down the picture. The, and she said, She didn't see him yet. She didn't see him yet. So she's, she's filling it up with water. By Yara Ever the Krasa. Now he's running. So Eliezer is also running because he sees that this might be the one he's looking for. And when you do a mitzvah, you have to run. He saw that a chance that this might be the Shidduch. So he was brought up by Avraham. They understand. They're like, okay, I'll talk to her soon. No, this could be why my shlichus. This is not, I'm not pushing this off, which is a lesson to us. Could you give me a little water from your pitcher? Here it is. Pasuk Yudches. Batomer, she said, Shesei Adoni, drink my master. Batimaher. And she ran. And she gave him to drink. She's got it. She's got that DNA. She ran. Not over. But the Chalash Goisa, she finished giving him to drink. But Tomer, Eshav. I want to give your camels to drink. Until they're finished drinking. I will give them the water. In other words, okay, give them the camel and then you'll feed them the rest tonight. No. No. I have a mitzvah to do. No, I'm going to fill, I'm going to give them until they're full. Vatamaher. Again. Second time. She rushed. And she put the picture on her shoulder. And she ran again. What's the oid? He was in shock. Not in shock that she gave his camels to drink. In shock that she was doing exactly what Avram Avinu was doing. By him in his Pasik, he did Tamahir twice. He did Vayarats. She did the same thing. He saw now that Hashem seems to be that, that, what's it called? That he, that he found a girl that had Avramovinu's DNA. Spiritual DNA. Nobody talks about this. Because I'm writing on spiritual DNA, I found this. The same atarots. So he knew, this is not just a girl who does chesed. This is a girl who belongs in Abraham Avinu's family. Now. That was. So, no, Ruth, you can answer the question. Go ahead, answer the question. Why, how'd she have such good midos? Who soul did she have? Shetzari Menu's soul. Shetzari Menu was also about ran. Mahari, right? So it was in her soul. She had that soul. So Basuel and Lavan don't come into the game here. She was born. She got Sarimenu's soul. So this came from Sarimenu's house. Good question. Great answer. But now is a very big question. You, I don't know if anyone's writing notes here, but you could sit at your Shabbos table. You could blow them away this week. The question is, the Pusik says, when the finish, she finished giving the camels to drink, he took um, nose rings, which I get all, you know, why would she allowed to have nose rings and we can't, it's not for today. I get this plastic all the time, I know this plastic about pet. Like, why can't I have a nose ring? Rifki Menor had a nose ring. Because in those days, a nose ring meant one thing, and today, a nose ring means I'm a rebel, and I'm following the Goyim. It wasn't, that's not what they were wearing nose rings for. But anyway, okay. So, he gave her all the jewelry. But he didn't know who she was. And the deal was that he's only going to take a girl from Avraham Avinu's family. But how'd you know he's from her family? So what he should have said is this Pasuk first, Basmiat, who, who, whose daughter are you? Higidin Ali, do you have, does your family have a place for me to stay? And then she said, Bas Basul I'm the daughter of Basuel, Bas Milka Nachar, right? Nachar was Avraham Avinu's uncle, brother, brother. 
So, oh, then he said, Vayishtachol Hashem, he bowed down to Hashem. He said, Baruch Hashem, Alakei Avram, the, the Chesed, I got the girl I'm supposed to have, I'm supposed to get a girl from, from Avram Avinu's family. So everybody asked this question, everybody asked this question, why'd you give her the jewelry before you knew, before you knew she's the right one? You can't take it back. Let's say she would have said, who am I? I'm a Kanani. What are you going to do? Take the jewelry back? You gave her all your jewelry now. What are you, how are you going to, how, when you find the right one, how are you going to give her, how are you going to give her jewelry? It's a very big question. It's asked by everybody. Why did he give her the jewelry before he knew she was? So according to what I said, the minute he saw all the running, he knew who she was. He knew this girl has the DNA of a Ramavino. Here's your jewelry. Here's your rings. She's going to be, her answer is going to be, it's simple. She's going to be from our family. Maybe Basuels, maybe not Basuels, maybe Uncle Aunt, But it's going to be from a Ramavino. Because the only one that has Batamar, Batamar, Batarats is a Ramavino's family. And that answers the question why he put the jewelry on her before he knew who she was. It's all connected to that chidah. Now, so another very important lesson that we're learning from the two worst, one of the two worst people in the Torah. Lavan was a crook. Lavan tried to kill Kla Yisrael. Besuel was the lowest decrepit man, her father. His name was Besuel because he was the governor of that country where he was. And the law was that any girl that wants to get married has to sleep with him first. So he broke all the Besulas in that country. You couldn't be, you couldn't get married as a Besula. That's how he was, he was the worst. That's, his name comes from that. Besuel comes from the word Besula. He broke every girl's basula before before he he would allow them to marry anyone else. So you're talking about two really bad guys, low lives, the worst. Rivka had sorry Menel's neshama, and sorry Menel's neshama was Chava's neshama, which, if you remember, we learned last we learned last time that that and it says here that sorry Menel was very beautiful was also was beautiful, but she came from Chava, who was even more beautiful. Now Rivka had that neshama. So when the, when the Torah describes Rivka, right, we said it, we just said it, she was very, very, very beautiful. Where did Rivka, be, where did she get her very, very beautiful? Because she came from Sarah, who came from Chava. And we learned last week in the Medrash that a, that, that a human being compared to Sarah was, looked like a monkey. And Sarah compared to Chava looked like a monkey. So Chava was the most beautiful person in the world. Why? Hashem, Hashem made him with his own hands. He was, he's the artist. We all come from our parents, but Chava was perfect. So, Rivka's beauty came because her neshama, when she was born, her neshama came from Sarah, who came from who came from Chava. So everything is connected in the Torah. But let's talk about these two low lives, okay? And they're talking to us just like Bilam was talking to us. So he has to ask permission from the parents that started over here already, permission for her hand. So, again, Batara Tanara, and the young and the girl ran. Batagi the Beisavia, and she told her parents what was going on. And Rivka had a brother, Lavan, and Lavan, of course, ran. And when he saw the jewelry that Rivka had, he realized, well, these people are very rich. So he said, "Boy, Baruch Hashem." He was such a crook. He said, blessed is Hashem. Meanwhile, this is a guy who had every Avaydazara, right? And that Rachel Yimeno had to steal his Avaydazara and sit on it. And he was a big Avaydazara. But, but, uh, but to Eliezer, he's like, Baruch Hashem! He was a crook. He was Lavan. And he says to him, because he saw the money. He wanted the money. And he said to him, Baruch Hashem, why are you standing outside? I have a beautiful house for you and a place for the camel. Okay? Okay. And they brought him to eat. We know they tried to poison him, right? Basul and Lovin tried to poison him. He said, I'm not eating. Again, very important lesson. He said, until I do my shlichus, until I do what I'm sent for, I'm not eating. First, I have to do what I'm sent for. After they, he, was a, he was a real Evid. In other words, you want to give me food stuff? That's after the deal. Right now we have to make the deal. Okay? 
So they put it in front of him, he didn't eat. It was po- of course, it was poison, because they wanted to kill him and then steal all the stuff that he had in the camels. So, Eben Avraham who am I? I'm not Eliezer, that's not my godless, that's not what, what's great about me. I am a servant of Avraham Avinu. He gave my, my master a lot. We have gold and we have silver and we have slaves and we have maidservants and we have donkeys and we have camels. And my, my master had a child and he gave him everything. And he made me swear that I can't take a girl from Canaan and therefore I should come here and look for the Mishbacha. Then he says the whole story. I said, if there's a girl and she gives me to drink and she gives my camels. Now, <coughs> the godless of what she did, because when you do chesed, you have to make sure that you don't hurt the other person. The reason he realized that she was very smart is that he didn't ask her to give water to his camels. He just asked her to give him water. But when she gave him water, she had a whole pitcher. He, couldn't, he didn't drink a whole pitcher of water. Now he drank from the pitcher, which means there were germs. So she couldn't take the pitcher and give the water to people to drink because they, she didn't know who this person was. They had germs. So she immediately, she was very smart. She said, oh, by the way, let me give you camels to drink. Camels can drink water from, that, a, that a person drank from. So that way, if she, she, had, she had three choices. One choice, he drank from it, pour it out on the floor. It has germs. Refill it. That would embarrass him. Man, someone drinks and drinks from your water a little bit, and then you pour it out on the floor in front of him. That would have insulted him. Another one would be not to insult him, to give other people to drink from it, so you shouldn't be hurt. That's a tippish. That's an idiot. You're going to call everyone to get sick. Her chachma was that she said, "Oh, by the way, I still have some water in the pitcher. Let me give you camels to drink." What he would have picked up, he wasn't stupid, right? She knew he wasn't stupid. He would have picked up that, yeah, I know why you're doing that. Because you don't want to insult me. So how smart was Rivka, everyone? What did she say in the Pasuk? What did I just tell you before? She said, I'm going to give you the camels to drink until, they, until they're full. I'm not just using this pitcher to give them because you drank from it. No! Another pitcher, another pitcher, another pitcher. It's nothing to do with you. She came up with that. I'm going to give them enough to drink, not just what's in the pitcher, because they would say, yeah, I know why you're doing that. You don't want to spill it out in front of me. But she said, no, I, need, I, need, I, I want to keep feeding them. He said, wah, this person's chesed is cheshbind. She's brilliant. This is the right girl. So he's now asking permission for marriage. Some people still have this minute that you go to the parents before. Some people don't. So what do they answer? Vayan lovin ubesuel. These two rishon. By Yomru, girls, listen to this. By Yomru, the two lowest guys in the world, what do they say? Mehashem Yatsahadavar. A shidduch? You want us to mess with a shidduch? You're asking us permission? A shidduch comes from Hashem's words. We don't, we can't stop this. We can't say yay. We can't say nay. Who's saying this? Abraham Avinu, a tzaddik, Rosh Hashiva, a gadol? Two lowlifes. Mehashem Yatsahadavar. And they understood, which we need, we need to understand, and we need to walk away tonight understanding this. They went on and they said, May Hashem this is from God. Lo nuchal elecha ra We can't say good or bad. We can't say yay or nay. Because if it's something Hashem wants, guess what? It's going to happen anyway. Who said this? Tzadikim? Rishayim? They said, bottom line, when it comes to shidduch, it's not up to us. It's in Hashem's hands. So, whether we're going to say yes or no, it's going to happen anyway. There's a Pasuk. In Chayasar, we're not talking about today. We're talking about hundreds and thousands of years ago. Two Rishayim are saying, And we, as Jewish people, so many times, we don't realize, And when Hashem Yetzadavah, what, what are we talking to you? It's up to us. We're going to tell you yes. We're going to tell you no. It's not going to, it's not going to mean anything. Hine rifka lefanecha. She's yours. Kach lulech. Take her and go. Hashem. 
And what happens? The Medrash says, Besuel didn't even know what he was saying. Besuel said from his own mouth, it's not up to us, but that lowlife, crook, liar, tried to poison Eliezer to stop Rivka from going. So he said one thing, but he didn't believe what he was saying. He's like, no, listen, it's God, like, you know, we can't do anything. And then he said, love on, give him the soup, let's kill him. We get the gold, we don't have to give up Rivka. So with his mouth, he's saying, Hashem, Hashem is here, Hashem is everywhere, we have no choices. But what he said was, like, we can't, he should have said, Why don't you say, He should have said, we can't say good, we can't say bad. That's how you say, we can't say bad, we can't say good. He said, because what he meant, what he wanted to do, came out of his mouth. He was going to do Ra. And he was selling Eliezer, listen, bad or good, we can't do anything. So he's then told Lovin, let's do something bad. And his, the words that came out of his mouth came true. You want to do something bad? No, mister. He ate the soup. The, the Malach switched the soup. He ate the soup and he died. You're the one who said that when it comes to this, you don't have a choice. Now you try to make a choice. Hashem says, no, no, it came out of your mouth. You said you have no choice. So now you're trying to make a choice and you're going to try to kill Eliezer? No, 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 no. You're going to die. And he died. And that's why the rest of the parsha doesn't talk about Suel. Because he, he poisoned himself. So he himself was saying about Shidduch that, yeah, Shidduch is from a Shemaim. Yes, you have to go out and you have to look at a resume. I don't know if you have to look at a resume, but you have to go out. One of the big Adelams said you have to talk to a Shachan once a month. That's all. But the bottom line is that the truth is what you need to do is you need to daven. Because you'll never know what you need to know. You look at a resume, you call everyone on the resume, you call everybody, and then three months into the marriage, you're going to find out he's a monster, or whatever it is. What Hashem doesn't want you to know, you're not going to know. And what people want to hide from you, they're going to hide from you. So you have to say to Hashem, I need you to reveal to me the truth. And I know a lot of girls that daven very much to Hashem. They didn't know if the guy's the right guy or the wrong guy. They weren't sure. And... They daven to Hashem for a sign. If you say capital pevav, you should say before you go out on a date. Chapter eighty-six, David Amelach says in pevav. If anyone has a tehillim, I could. Oh, you have a tehillim here? Here, right here, the sitter. David Amelach, yeah. So David Amelach had the same situation. You should say pevav before you go on a date. I'll tell you why. And then after the date, you should say shemaz mamamakim. No, I'm kidding. Anyway. You should say the whole Tehillim. Um, Chaneini Hashem, have pity on me, Hashem. Because I call to you all day long. If that's true or not true, we, we did some, we'll talk about it next, we did some crazy experiment in my class today. Hazin Hashem Tvilasi, please listen to my Tvila. B'yom Tzirasi Ekra Echa, on my day of pain, but he says the last pasuk in the in the in Perik Pevav. Show me a good sign. My enemies will see the sign and they'll give up. Because you are my savior and you're my consoler, but it's not good enough, Hashem. I need to know. I need a sign. Show me a sign. So when you're not sure, or even if you are sure, you should always down and pay vav, because Baruch Hu, what do I know? I'm a human being. You know the truth. If he's the wrong guy, show me a sign. If he's the right guy, show me a sign. But if you want him to be the right guy, then anything he does will be the sign. Or you have to be honest with yourself. So, I had a story not that long ago terrible story, where a girl was going out with this boy, and very from yeshiva shagai, whatever it was, something bothered her. She couldn't put her finger on it. Her parents were really on her head that you're picky, and you're commitment phobia, and you, you know you don't want to commit to anyone, it's not the boy, it's you, people can make you crazy. And then you think you are commitment phobia, and then you're not sure of yourself. 
Anyway, she dove into Hashem. Like, I don't, I, I don't know. Is it me? Is it him? I can't put my finger on it. Like, Shach is like, tell me what's wrong. I don't know what's wrong. Something, they don't want to hear that. Something's wrong. Well, maybe you need to go talk to a therapist. Or a shidduch coach. Anyway, it's a true story. So they're on their eighth date in the city. And he's on a city street, whatever it is, and a taxi cuts him off. And he hits the, ca- he hits the taxi. And a curse word, like the worst curse word, comes out of his mouth. And she's like, what did you just say? No, 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 I never say that, I never say that, I never say that. And she's like, it doesn't slip out of your mouth, that word, unless you say it. The mission of Pekiavos, the things you say secretly come out, right? And she said, Rabbi Wallstein, is that a sign? I'm like, ah, that's a pretty big sign. So if he would have said, I have a problem with cursing, I have nibble pen, but I'm working on it. It's one of my things that I'm working on. No problem. No problem. But when he said, no, 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 just hit it, it. No, 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 no. Own it. Work on it. I said, if it was my daughter and he used a four-letter word, you're not going out with him anymore. Because that was a taxi. What's going to happen when he gets angry at you? Or at other people? Am I right? Am I wrong? I don't know. Maybe he's talking a big tzaddik and, you know, whatever. But I can only treat the people I deal with like they're my own children. I had the same thing with tips. And to this day, I think, I mean, there's a, girl, a girl's parents out there that don't talk to me because she came to me with the boy. And she was a little older. And she wants to get married. And this guy came to the table to talk to me. And I was very open-minded. And the father sent her with the boy to see what I think. And I asked him a question, and he started talking, and I said, but I don't really, he said, don't disturb me when I'm talking. I was like, what? You talk when you talk? When I talk, you don't disturb me. I was like, over. You're not going to believe this. And then he was like, most I never, I never met a person like this in my life. The chutzpah, Okay. She comes into the, afterwards, I said, I want to talk to you. She comes into the room and she says, he's nervous. I'm like, that's not nervous. He's a mechutzif. I, I would throw this guy out of my house. Like, no, no, come on, come on. She's older and she really wanted to marry him just to get married. Come on, Rabbi Wallstein, don't. I'm like, you came to me? No. There's no discussion. This is my malki. I'll take him and tell him to get out of my house. Don't ever come back. I'm like, Father, to this day, he got married. He, he got engaged a month later, of course. So altogether, there was something very wrong with this guy. And she's still single, and this guy won't talk to me. You, 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 broke, you broke my daughter's shidduch. I'm like, I broke your daughter's shidduch. The guy... The guy was a mechutzah, whatever it is. And she, she, in the end, was like, eh, but you want to get married. Midos is the most important thing. Had I not met him, they would have gotten married. I can't tell you whether it worked or not. But you want a sign. A guy opens his mouth like that. That's a sign. A guy doesn't tip the waitress, right? I think I've said this story here before. Girl's going out with a guy. Everything is going good. Also a little bit older. Really wants to get married. Good-looking boy. Rich boy, they went, also sixth, seventh date, they went to the Windows of the World, which is a dating place, and the Marriott in Manhattan goes around slowly, so it's like a, it's a, a lounge, so a lot of people go there, and then you just have a drink, and it goes right, you see the whole New York, uh, whatever. I didn't go there, I was, I, when I was dating, all these buildings in New York were not built yet, it's still Indian tents, whatever, a long time ago, but it's a joke, okay, but anyway, they're all like, hmm, what? Um, anyway, so this, this girl, who I knew very well, says to me, I need to talk to you. I said, what's going on? She goes, we went last night to Windows on the World, and, we, and, we, and I ordered a Diet Coke, and he ordered a Diet Coke, and the bill was $20 plus tax. That's what they charge in lounges. We should go home, 10 bucks for a little whatever. So the boy whips out his credit card, not his credit card, his father's credit card. This guy doesn't work, right? And he says to her, I'm not tipping the waitress. So she says, why aren't you tipping the waitress? $20 for two sodas? 
I'm not tipping the waitress. So, you know, they, they take the bill, they come back with the credit card, there's a part on them that says tip, zero. And he signs the credit card. She says to him, before he does that, she says to him, it, it might be a chil Hashem, not, not to give her a tip. He says, chil Hashem, you know what's a chil Hashem? That they charge 20 bucks for two sodas. That's a chil Hashem. That's what he said. So this poor kid, guy's rich, he's handsome, yeshiva, everything's perfect. And now she comes to me with this little problem. And I'm like, you can't go out with him again. That's not what she, that's not what she wanted. She wanted me to say, oh, it's okay, it's not the end of the world. She didn't get the answer she wanted. I said, over. I'm a meet, I'm a meet those guy. The guy has a temper? No. Temper? No. A person with a temper is not a Kaylee for Shalom Bias. Something else? He's not the cleanest guy. He doesn't take a shower every day. He's got other stuff. We can work on all that. Temper? He's going to lose his temper with you. He's going to lose his temper with his kids. Temper? Kas? Is that Zara? Does that mean a guy who has a temper should never get married? He's going to get married, but not my girls. Temper? The guy loses his temper is, is, is a very bad sign. Okay. And most guys don't. I'm not talking about the, talking about the Robin. She goes, I'm not breaking it up unless you tell me why. So it's not good enough. You came to me, you trust me, and I'm telling you not to. You need to know why. I said, what I'm going to tell you is not what you think I'm going to tell you. He's cheap? I'm like, I don't care if he's cheap. You don't have to be cheap. He could be cheap. Whatever, you could, you could work on that. You could go to work. You can make money. Whatever. I don't care about him being cheap. I said, two things happened tonight. He doesn't have a cursor toiv, which is my everything. He doesn't have a cursor toiv. This girl who's working, the waitress, she doesn't get paid salary. They don't get paid salary. They make their money on tips. So this poor girl probably is trying to go to college, pay her way through college, doesn't have a rich father. She's, she's serving young people all night that are just flashing their credit cards who have money. She has nothing. She's a waitress, okay? She's serving drinks. She's not, it's not the most glamorous job in the world. For her, two bucks, right? What's the tip on $20? 15% is three bucks. That's what we're talking about here. Not $20. You want to be a tzaddik 20%? Four bucks. That's what we're talking about. And he's like, no, I'm not giving her a tip. So I said, right, so that's, that's a very bad, that's a bit, no, 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 not if you're angry that they charge you $20. No, I'm not going to be taken. You know who I am? How dare they charge me? Hey, listen, stupid, look at the thing before you order it. If it says $20, so get up and leave. Don't, punish the waitress. I said, but you know what? He's in a bad mood. He had a bad night. Okay, maybe I would look the other way. I don't think so. Because I mean, I cross a tov, appreciation of another person. I said, how's he going to treat you? You're going to make him suffer? He's not going to say thank you. He's going to say, you have to do that. Like what? I owe you something? Like, this is not, this is not what you want to start with. I said, but much bigger than that. Was that he didn't care about a chalashem. You said it to him? You said it's a chilo Hashem? How could a frum boy not care that the waitress is going to go into the back and say, those cheap Jews, you see that couple out there, those two Jews? They wrote zero by my tip. Those cheap Jews. That doesn't bother you? A chilo Hashem? I said, that's what you want to marry? I'm no. I'm like, I said, no, don't come ask me. Don't come ask me. You're so desperate to get married. What are you asking me for? I said, but Midos is the basis of what a person is. And a guy that doesn't care that the waitress is going to be a chil Hashem and that, and that you, you don't have a cross of toe, she served you. The $20, go complain to the owner of the Marriott. That's not, it's not her fault. Did she get married? I don't know. This is a long time ago. I have no idea. The one, the one with the boy who was mechutzif to me did not. And they're still really upset at me because he got married right away. Eh, I should say yes, because you're older. So the rest of your life you should be miserable and you should be abused. If you're older, Hashem will make it up. He'll give you a, a tzaddik that you'll enjoy much faster and much more. You think it's up to us? It's up to him. Good or bad. No matter what we do, he's going to do what he wants anyway. That's what these two Risham said. So we we... We need to learn from that. So I want to end the very fascinating Madrish. I'm sorry I didn't say the other one. 
it's not meant to be. It's not meant to be. I'll tell it to you privately. It's it's so absurd. It's so it's so it's so out of the box that that certain things you don't have to say. Right. But this is this is this is not out of the box. This is out of the galaxy. Maybe I'll have the nerve to say it next week. We'll see. Now I'm going to get all the emails. Please, please, what did you say? Okay. It's brought down in the Yalkut Ruveni. Hevi Dova Pella. He says something amazing. Bishem Sefer Hatzmuna, the hidden Sefer. She got Moshe Vitzipora, the Moshe and his wife Zipporah, Nikburu are buried in Moara Samachpela. When you go to Marasa Machpelah, there's four couples that we know of, right? Adam Chava. This is the week that Avraham Avinu, coming up this week, there are 100,000 people in Hebron. That This is the week that Avraham Avinu bought the Marasa Machpelah, so Pashat Chayisara. So on Pashat Chayisara, you cannot even get near the Marasa Machpelah. There's 100,000 people at the Marasa Machpelah, the Shabbos. Unbelievable. So, we know there are four couples. Adam and Chava, Avraham and Sarah, Yitzhak and Rivka, Yaakov and Leah and Esav's head. Okay? That's what's buried. We don't know where Esav's head is and don't, you don't have to go visit Esav's head. So, the Medrash says that there is another couple there. Moshe Rabbeinu and Tzipporah. Nick Merubim Ma'ar the angels came, they took Moshe Rabbeinu from where he was buried. Nobody knows where he was buried. And he brought them to the Ma'ar Samachpelah. And they're buried with the Avais. But it says in the Pasuk, in the Varim, nobody knows where Moshe Berry is buried. So how could you say that we know he's buried in the Maratha Makpelah? That we don't know where he's buried, but the Malachim do know where they're buried because they took his neshama, they took him, they took his body, right? Okay. How, how, how does the Medrash know this? Are you ready for this? Mo'aras, Sidei HaMachpelah, that's what it's called. The first three letters of Ma'aras, Sidei, Hamachpelah spells Moshe. Mem from Ma'aras, the cave. Soda, the field of the Shin. And Hamachpelah is Rashi with Moshe. So they said, Rashi Abbeinu, when you go to Hamachpelah, Rashi Abbeinu is there also. There's a lot of kashas on this. And the kasha on this mainly is that we know that it says when they, when they went, the, the Maraglim went, so it says that it was called Kiryas Arba. Rashi says, because there were four couples buried there. It's called Kiryas Arba. In fact, the, the Jewish settlement there is called Kiryas Arba, right next to Martha Machpela. So we know for sh- we see here that <coughs> it's called Kiryas Arba. So there's only four couples. You're saying there's five couples. So he says that, then Torah says four couples, that these four couples were buried after they, do- they died, they were buried there. The first time they were buried was there. Moshe and Tzipporah were not buried there. They were carried there. Therefore, it's not a question or whatever it is. So, there seems to be an argument. If Moshe Rabbeinu was buried there, he's not buried there. But the Yaakov Ruveni says that he is definitely buried there. I guess when Mitzvah Hashem very soon, we'll, when the Mashiach comes, we will know, we will know Moshe Rabbeinu is buried there because Tzipporah Mason starts in the Moras HaMachpelah. So being that this week is the week of marriage, in the Gemara Kedushin, Kedushin talks about how you get, how you marry a person, how you marry a girl. So you have to take a ring, which is Shavapruta, which is worth a penny, and you put it on her finger, and you're kind of her. She belongs to you. It's like a Kenyan, like buying a safer, like buying something, because you, you own her, so to say, but you don't really own her. We all know that as husbands. You don't own your wife, but you have a Kenyan. There's a, there's a, uh, that's not a business deal. There's a, I don't know how to say Kenyan in English. There's a, A contract, it's more than, well, it could be a contract, whatever it is. So, so, where do we learn, where do we learn that money can buy something? So the Gemara says, kicha, kicha, right, the word kicha, which means to buy, to own, mistay Ephraim, from this week's parasha. Because in this week's parasha, when he bought the field, this is beautiful, this is for, for all the girls who are, I'm going to get married, and for all the people that are married. So it says, where's the word kicha? He said, how much is it? He ripped them off. He told them 400 uh, shekel. 
And he bought it from him. So the question is, of all the, of all the, here it says, kach mimenu. So we learned the word kach, to take. Kicha kicha from this day, Ephraim. So everybody asks, Ephraim was a Russia. He ripped off Avram. He ripped them off. He asked for 400 silver coins, which are worth today millions of dollars for, for a cave. So why would you learn such a holy thing of matrimony, of getting married, from a low life like Ephraim? Terrence is beautiful. Is the best place you can learn it from is from this story. Why? Avram Avinu came to Ephraim. He says, I want the Marathon Machpelah. How much is it? Ephraim said, oh, am I going to rip this Jew off? Oh, baby, I'm going to rip him off. $400,000. Avram Avinu said, okay, I'll pay it. Ephraim walked away from the deal. You know what he told the Nechais, his boy, the friends? We just made so much money on this Jew. We sold a silly cave for millions of dollars. We made the deal of a life. Ramavinu, who knew and saw other men Chava's burial place, he was chasing a sheep. The sheep that he was going to give them Allahim ran into Marzah Machpelah. He chased him to Marzah Machpelah. He saw other men Chava there. He smelled Ganeden. He knew that he was buying something that was worth a trillion. You couldn't buy it. It's the burial place of other men Chava. It's the gate to Ganeden. It's where Tchias and Mason is going to start from. And it's going to belong to the Jews forever. So Ramavinu understood this guy doesn't even know what he's selling. So he walked away from the deal and said, oh my God, I just ripped off Ephraim. He gave it to me for a million dollars. It's worth $40 million. So Ephraim walked away from the deal. Oh my God, I got the best deal of my life just now. Avram walked away from the deal. Oh my God, did I just get the best deal of my life. That's where you learn marriage from. He has to walk away at the wedding. He has to say, oh my God, this girl I got, wow, I got the best deal I ever got. She has to walk away and say, Oh my God, I don't deserve him. He is the most amazing guy in the world. He has to say, Oh my gosh, what did I pull off here? I got the best deal. He says, That's what you learn from Stay Ephraim. That both people in the marriage, both people in the relationship have to feel like, I got the good deal. I got her. She's amazing. I got the best deal. He got me. It's no big deal. But I got him. He's the best deal. That's my bracha to everyone here is, whether you're married, whether you're a grandmother, whether you're, whether you're single, you should always feel that your husband is the best thing that ever happened to you. And if you don't have a husband anymore, and I'm speaking to someone specifically that's sitting here, you should feel that my husband was the best deal that I ever had in my life. And if that's the feeling between the husband and the wife, then there'll be midos, and there'll be shalom, and there'll be happy children, and there'll be arichas yamim, and we should all be zaycha to see the Tchia Semesim from the Ma'ar Samachpela that Avraham Avinu bought this week. Thank you. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.